Hebrews 11, verses 8 to 10. By faith, Abraham, when he was called, obeyed by going out to a place which he was to receive for an inheritance. And he left, not knowing where he was going. By faith, he lived as a stranger in the land of promise, as in a foreign land, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, fellow heirs of the same promise. For he was looking for the city which has foundations, whose architect and builder is God. Today's sermon is Faith and the Eternal City. From Hebrews 11, verses 8 to 10, we are on a series on the epistle to the Hebrews by an unknown author who seems to have a similar theology with Paul the Apostle. Thus, it is believed that it is possibly one of his companions who wrote this, this letter. Now, the author mentioned about faith earlier in the chapter, in verse 1, but in the latter part of chapter 10, he was beginning to discuss about faith, although in previous chapters, he warned the listeners that what provoked God to anger in the wilderness was the unbelief of the Israelites, and he warned them to have faith and that their faith should not shrink. Now, faith is the certainty of the promises of God in Christ. It is evidence of our belief in the invisible God and our belief in his word. Moreover, through faith, people of old or the ancients, gained God's approval again through faith. And in chapter 11, the list began with Abel, and then there was Enoch who walked with God, and he pleased God because of his faith, and God took him. Then we read about Noah, who by faith built an ark that saved his family from the flood. He believed in the warning of judgment. He believed in God's word. Therefore, in faith, he obeyed the instruction of God. Although he has not seen, there is no record that he has seen a flood, even half that magnitude, yet he believed, even though... He has not witnessed a flood, even half that magnitude, yet. Then we read about Abraham. Abraham. In fact, the author says that they gained God's approval through faith. And these, according to the theme of the epistle, it is not by the works of the law, not by becoming more religious with their law, but in having faith in God and in his word. The author wrote in verse 6 that without faith, 
it is impossible to please God. Impossible. Therefore, faith is a key element. And the author defined what faith is. Faith believes that God is real. And his word is real. And God rewards those who diligently seek him. Therefore, the Jewish believers of that time should not throw away their confidence in Christ. Their faith should have endured, should endure. And if their faith endured, God would grant them approval. Therefore, they should have faith. Now, if you remember the background, the Jewish believers were under social discrimination during the time of this writing. Inaapisila. There was persecution. Their properties are being taken away. And some of them are being beaten. And soon some of them will be dying because of their faith. But... For the author, he said, you should have confidence in Christ. But despite that, despite the social discrimination, despite your suffering, you should have faith. Meaning, the author is saying to them, no excuses, have faith in God. No matter what, have faith in God. If they have no faith... In God, God would not be pleased despite the persecution. And remember this. They are losing their sense of belonging in the Jewish community because of their faith. And that is difficult for a human being not to belong. Our desire is to belong. The moment we became teenagers, there is that desire to belong to a to an expanded group beyond our family. We want friends. And we do everything we can to get accepted. Although dangerous and that is one of the ways of the world. We must be careful and watchful of that. There is that human need to belong. Yet the author was saying, even if you feel that you are persecuted by your fellow Jews, don't lose faith. Stay the course, endure until the end. So, my brothers and sisters, if ever we come to the point of suffering, I hope we remember the words of the author to these people. If we come to the point that we suffer in our lives, our faith must be strong. They were expected to have faith and they were expected to encourage one another and to endure they should continue to look forward to the coming of the Lord Jesus and or the fulfillment of all the promises in Christ now looking back by faith Abel offered a better sacrifice he offered a better sacrifice compared to Cain. The reason is faith. He believed in God. 
He believed in God's word, faith. That's why all our sacrifices for God, including our giving, our giving of our time and energy, it should be because of faith, not because we have to, not because there's an attitude, I was because I was ordered and you grudgingly do it, that is not from faith. Faith obeys, comes, the obedience from faith is, is lighter. You do it because you have conviction. You do it because you believe in God's word. That is faith. Now, by faith, Enoch walked with God and he pleased God amid a wicked world. By faith, Noah found favor in the eyes of God. Noah believed in the message of judgment and salvation. And Noah's faith moved him to obey in reverence with the fear of God. Faith and the fear of God, uh, we believe, come together. There was that fear of God. If you are tempted and you have the fear of God, it's not easy to give in. Because you have that consciousness that you want to please God. And you love God and you respect him deeply. And that is the fear of God. That deep reverence and respect for him. Therefore, you know the boundary. You stop at the boundary and then you retreat. But if you have no fear of God, you will do what is evil as long as it is pleasurable. As long as it feels good with your emotions and your sensations. Whenever it feels good, the pleasures of sin is attractive. Without the fear of God, you just give in. Without the fear of God, you cannot forgive others. It's easier to nurture a hurt and a bitterness than to forgive. But because we have the fear of God, we wrestle in prayer against the heart that is stubborn. So that we can make that emotion submit to God, submit to his word, and obey. By faith, Noah obeyed in reverence. He built an ark which saved his family. But his faith also condemned the world. The author would then write about Abraham, one of the patriarchs of the Jewish people. Abraham believed in God's promise, and you can find that in Genesis chapter 12. He left the security of his own tribe, of his own people, to, get, to go to where the Lord would lead him. And you know what? Abraham did not see the fulfillment of all of God's promise in his lifetime. He wouldn't, because the promise was there will be nations. His descendants would be numerous. He couldn't see all that. But yet, he believed. He would not see God's promises in his lifetime, yet he believed. Let's zero in on Abraham. Let's read verse 8. By faith, Abraham... When he was called, obeyed by going out to a place 
which he was to receive for an inheritance, and he went out, not knowing where he was going. He just believed. Now, Abraham obeyed in faith. Let's remember that. He left his home, the security of his home. And in those days, it wasn't like this. It wasn't safe to travel. You need a lot of people to travel with you. And we may surmise that he has leadership because there were others who joined him. His nephew joined him. And uh, we believe there were other servants who joined him. He went to the land of promise, which God promised to his descendants. Now, Abraham went out trusting God. Okay, I'm leaving the security. I don't know my future there. I don't even know the people there. But because, Lord, you are saying so, therefore, I'll do it. And that is faith. Because God's word said so, therefore we believe. Because God, the sovereign, commanded, therefore Abraham believed. Now, God promised Abraham with many descendants, but not only that. God said, I will make your name great, but not only that. I will bless you, and you shall be a blessing to the nations of the earth, to the tribes of the earth. Some translation has it, families of the earth. So the covenant promise to Abraham is not only that there would be many descendants, which would, which would be the nation of Israel, but God would bless him. But not only that, that he would be a blessing. And in his lifetime, he was a blessing. But the fulfillment of all families, all nations, all tribes, all peoples would come through Christ and is still being fulfilled today. How? Jesus said to his disciples and to us, go and make disciples of all ethne, all people groups, all tribes, the same meaning. Go, make disciples. Go and preach the gospel. In fact, in Matthew 24, it says, This gospel of the kingdom shall be preached to all ethne, all families. And then the end will come. So many so focused on conspiracy theories and, and end times. The end will happen, don't worry. But the job is what? Proclaim the gospel to all the nations of the world, to all ethne. If we are here and we're not somewhere else, therefore our own ethne is here, the Bicolanos. But if we are called by God to cross the cultures to other ethnes or nations, then we must obey. That's why we also send missionaries, not just among our people, but to peoples with, where Christ is not yet named. So Abraham obeyed in faith. Next, Abraham lived as an alien. When I was thinking about this sermon, it made me smile a little bit because I remember a program that was a com comedy that, you know, 
Somebody says, alien ba? Anong sagot? Alien. <laughs> so, I don't know, you're too young maybe. I think that's bubble gang yata, you know? Well, review it. <laughs> They're making actually, it's a, it's a, I can't say it's a mockery, almost a mockery of a certain religious leader. Now, Abraham lived as an alien. Another word for alien is foreigner. Now, in the Philippine context, when a foreigner comes with money, they live well here. Of course, if you're retiring from, from a country that gives you a pension of $3,000 a month and you live in Naga City, oh boy, that's more than enough when you live here. But that's not in Abraham's case. Abraham did have his own resources. God blessed him with wealth, but he never truly belonged. He never truly belonged. He knew that the promise is not an immediate thing. The promise would come, but he has to obey now to get things rolling because a promise will come one day. When Abraham settled in the land of promise, he lived as an alien in the land. He lived in tents with Isaac and Jacob, who were fellow heirs of the promise. He did not complain about it, but he continued to live by faith. Let's read verse 9. By faith, he lived as a stranger or foreigner in the land of promise in a foreign land. He lived as a foreigner. He lived as an alien. I wonder if we were Abraham and God said, I'll show you a land and I will bless you with many descendants and that land will be yours. And then you go there and you're wondering, how come there are other people living here? I thought this land is mine. Maybe we could think, how disappointing. I thought, it's an easy life. I'll come here with, with the land and build my kingdom here. Or the kingdom of God as he commanded me. But hey, this is where I am. There are many other people here. In fact, there were kingdoms there. There was Sodom and Gomorrah. But yet, he believed because he endured. His faith was patient. He just believed God. God knows what he's doing. All I have to do is keep believing. We trust that the Lord knows what we're going through. We just have to obey his word and trust whatever the outcome, and not manipulate the outcomes, but trust. Abraham lived in the promised land, but he lived as a foreigner, not as the owner, not yet. His descendants would be, not as an owner, but as a foreigner. God's timetable of possession would be hundreds of years later. <laughs> oh boy, promise is now fulfillment a few hundred years. And the fulfillment in Christ uh, a couple of thousand years. 
Yet Abraham believed in the promise. That's why we believe. That's why we must be patient. That's why we must endure. That's why we must trust in the word of God rather than our own emotions, rather than our own philosophies. We trust in the word of God, even if it's against our emotions. Like if somebody corrects us and we know they're right, we should focus on that. Well, that's what scripture says. They're right in rebuking me. Therefore, I should anchor. Oh, but no, some of us would focus more on, I was hurt by that. Immature babies, grow up. If you were just one year in the Lord, I can be patient with you. And I will gently guide you and lead you. If you're 10 years in the Lord and you still feel that way, you're going to make me lose my hair. Frankly, some of you made me lose my hair. No, just, just kidding. You know who you are. Uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, next, Abraham looked for the city of God. Well, he was waiting for the city of God. He was searching for the city of God. Uh, let's read verse 10. For he was looking for the city which has foundations whose architect and builder is God. Now, Abraham believed in God's promise, um, the land that his descendants would possess, uh, but he looked forward to the city built and designed by God with eternal foundations. You see, they lived in tents because he believed it was temporary. Can he build using bricks? Yes. My wife was sharing to me uh, some history in that area, Mesopotamia, where it wasn't far from Babel and the people there knew how to build. They wanted to build a tower and the technology of that time of making bricks already existed. So can he make bricks? Of course he could. Remember, he, he even had soldiers. He had servants, but he decided to dwell in tents. And by the way, when you think of tent, it's not the tent that you think what you use for Boy Scouts, all right? Or when you go camping, we're not talking about that tent. We're talking about huge tents, like, like uh, condominium-sized tents, all right? Or at least half condominium-sized tents. If you look at, at History, there are huge tents, actually, livable tents, but temporary. Can be rolled up, and then they can move. That's why he was able to move around, right? When there was a famine, he moved to Egypt, and then he went back. Even Isaac would, would be moving. Because what? He was looking he was searching for something else. He knew the promise. He knew the land. But there was something more. And the next few verses in chapter 12 would show that he was looking for what? The heavenly kingdom. The heavenly 
city. He was looking for something that's not on earth, but something from God. Abraham believed in God's promise, the land that his descendants would possess, but he looked forward to a city built and designed by God with eternal foundations. By faith, Abraham was looking forward to a city whose architect is God. Thus, he may have settled in the land, yet he probably saw his staying in Canaan, the land of promise, as temporal. Ezekiel and John in Revelations prophesied about the city of God, according to the author of Hebrews. Yes, Abraham was looking for that heavenly, heavenly place. Application. By faith, let's leave the world, or to be precise, to leave the ways of the world. Abraham left and trusted God. Let us leave where we believe is home in the world that satisfies simply our own, our own pleasures, philosophies, and our own emotions. Rather, we should not be comfortable here. We are in the world, but we should not be of the world. Let us obey by leaving the ways of the world. Let us love Christ above family, friends, and even our own country. Did you hear me? Jesus himself said, if you love father and mother more than me, you are not worthy of me. Christ himself. You can check that in Matthew 10. You can check that in Luke 9 and Luke 14. The ways of the world is love your own, the ways of Christ is Christ above all else. You love your family because of your love for Christ. Not because you love your family for the sake of your family. No, our, God's ways are different. We serve Christ. We love Christ. We love God. We fear God. And because he commanded us to love our family and provide for our family, therefore we do it. You see the difference? That's why we encourage young people, focus on God and not follow the ways of the world of attraction to one another. Because that is temporal. That loving feeling goes away and must be rekindled. And if not rekindled, it never comes back. So if your foundation is the ways of the world... And you're always looking for that loving feeling. Then remember the song, you've lost that loving feeling. But if it's about God, I'm marrying this person because I believe it is God's will. And she and I follow God's word. And our union is for God's purpose. To fulfill God's command and God's mission. If you're doing it for him, there is a difference there. It endures. Now, because it's for God, praise God, then we have to be patient with our spouses. Amen. 
brothers and sisters, do it for the glory of God. If you do it just for yourself, huh, and just for her or for him, just trying to please one another, what will happen, I will prophesy to you. This is what will happen. You will be disappointment to the nth unmeasurable degree. And that is the story of marriage according to the world. Disappointment to the unlimited degree. And all who confirm say, Amen. So young people, don't get so much into the euphoria of the K-dramas. And you think it's just, that's exactly how it will be all the days of my life. No, sister, you are deceived. It is a marketing ploy, so you keep watching, so somebody else makes money. From what? From titillating your emotions. Leave the ways of the world. I'm not saying you cannot enjoy art. I mean, some movies are the work of art. It's just amazing, right? It's amazing. Uh, some are not really are that artistic, but some are very artistic in terms of how dialogues are made. That's fine, but you do not follow the ways of the world. You're in the world, but it comes to your life, you must be wise. Don't give in to pop culture. Then you talk to your friends who are not believers, but sometimes so-called believers. And what do they do? What's the method? Tuksuhan lang. Without scriptural analysis. What does the Bible say? What is wise? What is a wise man? What is a wise woman? What does the Bible say? And I advise you to look more in scripture and understand the wisdom from above rather than the wisdom of this world. Because the wisdom of this world is what? According to my expert experience, this is how it goes. And people, but if you listen to all researchers, you're here. Everyone who says, my experience, my experience, my experience. You see, a diversity of experience. But here's the danger. If you make one case study, the standard, so you make it a universal standard, you will be in error. For example, vaccines. Statistically, okay? In history, because of vaccines, the many diseases no longer spread as fast. It is statistically correct. However, there are some cases where there are adverse results in a few specific biological entities. Now, if you say, the experience of one relates to everyone, then that is a mistake. 
the same way if you listen to advice from one person according to my experience bro kung gusto mo yung babae pakasalam mo na ngayon disaster so they march dun 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 a few months and they're getting married and all the wise brothers were standing at the side hindi niya alam pinapasok niya Yung babae nadala naman, baliw. It is wise to have many counselors. Take note, wise counselors. That's Proverbs. But not led by your fairy tale emotions. Shadanga, shadanga, shadanga. Remember, disappointment to the unlimited degree confirmed. Try to make statistics out of that. But if you make Christ the anchor and the word, and both of you do that, I'm not saying happily ever after because that's a lie. I'm saying you'll have a good partnership with the love of God as a center in the kingdom of God. And that will fulfill you. Now, since we should not follow the ways of the world, then uh, like Abraham and his sons and grandsons, son and grandsons, they lived in their own community. Therefore, the next, by faith, let us live as a community of aliens. By faith, let us live as a community of fellow heirs of the promise. We're looking forward to something more. You see, we see the beauty of this world in a sense. The beauty of the sunlight, the view of the ocean, the view of the mountain, the view of the valley. It's all beautiful. And one singer said, and God created it in seven days. What is heaven like? He's been working on it for what? A few thousand years. The crystal city is much better than where we are right now. The new earth. So by faith, we live as a community. We must recognize that we are foreigners in this world we are aliens. We are in the world, but we are not of the world. Our priority is the kingdom of God. We do what we do for the kingdom of God. Why do we work well? Because the word of God says so. Why do we grow what God gave us, whether it's a business or what? Because the word says so. Because the word says we should watch our flocks. Where we get our meat and our milk. Because the word says so. Not just because of fame and glory and riches. Not for the sake of riches. Not for the sake of glory. Not for the sake of fame. But for the glory of God in our desire actually is to be hidden. As John the Baptist said, our desire, may he increase, may I decrease. And that must be our desire.
as individuals and as a community. We humble ourselves before the Lord. That's why I don't approve this celebrity approach to everything. America has made money out of making celebrities. The news makes money. They make celebrities of everything from sports heroes to actors, actresses, to business people, and even, and this I don't like, preachers. Preachers are servants. They are messengers. When they send the mes- bring the message of God, you think this is God's message. Not focused on the preacher, but the message of the word. What does the word say? Without the community of believers, we will grow weak. We will end up compromising with the world. Yes, we will. It's easier to sin without a community that holds us accountable. You know, if you have a community like a growth group, because you have a growth group, and if you're tempted within the week, you you really think twice because I have brothers and sisters waiting for me. And there's the younger generation looking at me to be a good example. And that is pressure. No matter who you are, what age you are, there's somebody younger than you who's waiting and searching for good examples. You do not give that up. You do not sacrifice that. That's what you hold. That's what you protect for the sake of the generations to come. You do not compromise that. Yes, none of us is perfect. That's why we should feel the weight of it. And only by the grace of God. With this imperfect human can hopefully, like the heroes of the faith who are imperfect, yet they believed and their faith endured. We cannot be like the world. They have been warned. The Jewish believers have been warned. You fall away. You become an apostate for the sake of your pleasure. Be warned. It is a terrifying thing to fall into the hands of the living God. That's why, brothers, we are a community. Amen? Or I should say, alien. Because you are aliens and we should be a community of aliens. Because if you feel so comfortable with the world, if you're so comfortable with people who gossip, oh boy, you belong to this world. If you're so comfortable with the people who compromise their marriages, then you belong to this world. You do not belong to the kingdom. But then I encourage you, step over, repent, and believe. And then in the kingdom, we learn to what? In the community, we learn to submit to one another. Amen? Alien? We submit to one another. Why? The word. We all submit to the word. Amen? 
those who do not like to submit to one another, who like to do their own thing, please tell them, be part of the community, but be careful to trust them. Especially those who say they have ministries and they ask for your money. If they ask for your money in so-called ministry, you ask for a report. If you give a few hundred, a few thousand, ask for a financial report. And without it, don't trust them. Don't. Because many will abuse the community. Hello? Yeah, many will abuse us. That's why we protect one another. So as a community, I hope we learn to trust one another, but the scriptures is supreme to all of us. Is that clear? Now, I have a role here. If I rebuke somebody, I have to. I have to both encourage and rebuke you. That's part of my work in Christ. Now, if I rebuke somebody and they feel so bad and they tell you how bad I am, what do you do? You believe them? Oh, yeah, that senior pastor there, huh? Yung kalbo, ganun Let me warn you now. I approach everything with the fear of God. If I have sinned, truly sinned, please confront me directly. And my attitude should be, I will listen. But if I'm doing God's work, and somehow kinampihan mo pa yan, you're not helping the community. You're helping destroy it. You have to say, Pinagalitan ka ng nanay mo. Makinig ka. Now, kung meron tingin mong sumobra siyang sinabi, makiusap ka pagkatapos, pag mahinahon na siya. Nay, pwede bang wag mo nang isama ito sa sinasabi mo? Noon pa yun eh. Iba na ako ngayon. Mas matigas na ulo ko ngayon. Kaya, wag mo naman babanggitin yung noon. Yung ngayon lang. Pwede ka naman makiusap. Pero hanapin mo muna yung punto nung sinasabi. Pakinggan, magpakumbaba. Ganon dapat. Ano yung punto? Hindi yung mga sanga-sanga. Naligaw ka na. It's like studying scripture. What is the main point of the author? The main point of the author in the text is by faith, Abraham believed God and he obeyed. The main point is not live in tents. Right? If you don't know how to interpret scripture, you will see the value of tent making, right? That is what the text is saying. You see, Paul the Apostle was a tent maker because Abraham lived in tents. Kalokohan na. Ganyan mag-preach ang iba. Layo naman ang connection. Without a community of believers, we will grow weak. But with a community of believers, we will grow strong. We also learn to give to God as a community. Why? We have common needs. We want you comfortable. So we have to change air conditioning. One of the meetings in the board is to buy a generator that can run all the air conditioning so that when you come here, you're comfortable, all right? Oh, but that also depends if you also give. 
you give to the community, the community goes back to our to the blessings of one another as we bless one another. By faith, number three, look forward to the city of God. Look forward to the city of God, the heavenly city. Therefore, you know, God is not ashamed to be called their God. Because Abraham and the patriarchs, patriarchs believed in the heavenly city. By faith, let us look forward to the city that God prepared for us. All who genuinely believe have a place in his eternal kingdom. But the promise that we long for is not really the city itself. But it is the forever fellowship with our God. Our Savior who died for us. And you know what he said in, in John 15? He's talking about friendship. A friend lays his life down. He laid his life, life down for us. Yes, Jesus is a friend. He's also king, by the way, and sovereign, but he is a friend. And one day, that is what we should be longing for. A fellowship with the one who died for us. By faith, let us together long for the city of God. Christ said that he prepares a place for us, but our desire is not the place per se. Our desire is the one who likes the city of God. The glory of God lights the city, and the lamp is the lamp. And you'll find that in the book of Revelations. Right now, brothers, I share to you again a piece of literature called Faith and the Eternal City. God commanded him to move out. Abram obeyed without a doubt. Settled in the land of promise, so blessed indeed but not all bliss. Abraham lived as an alien. It was not time to possess it then. In God's time and his destined way, the land they will possess someday. By faith, Abraham understood. That's why his faith in God endured. He looked for the city of God. People then perhaps saw him odd. Our faith is stirred by this story, which is extraordinary. In it is the touch of glory found in the faith category. Our faith shall endure till the end. No length of time can make it bend. Amid this world, it shall stand strong, because in Christ is where we belong. On earth now, temporarily, we know that with much clarity. Believers long for the city which God built for eternity. Let's all rise. Thank you, Lord. You are great and you are good. Father, we are here by faith. We believe in Jesus Christ, and we believe in the Holy Scriptures. By faith, Lord, O oh Lord, let our faith rise. And let our minds and hearts be assured.
in Christ alone and no other. No other is salvation in Christ alone and none other is reconciliation. In Christ alone and none other is our justification. In Christ alone and none other is our sanctification. He belongs to us and we belong to him. He rules the earth and the heavens. We follow him. Oh, let us see that this earth, this earth is a, a temporary dwelling. We are just passing through in this present earth. For one day you will create a new earth. And that shall be our home. Where your city will descend from heaven. And forever, we will be with you. We look forward then. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord, oh, Lord. If we don't feel at home here, thank you. Thank you for assuring us that we truly never belong. Because we belong to you. And our guide is the Holy Scriptures. Thank you, Lord. Bless each one. Stir our faith as we leave. Knowing that by faith, we please you. Knowing that we can please you. We can, by your grace. Our works will never be enough versus our sins. It will never be enough, but thank you, Lord. All you ask is faith. And that pleases your heart. Teach us to have faith in every word of God, in every promise, in every command. May we obey by faith alone. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of the Father, and the fellowship of His Spirit be with you all. God's people say, Amen. Good morning. God bless you all.